The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after show it's the after show it is wednesday now and it's after the show it's actually Saturday, and it's after the show. You have no idea w- what this really is, but you're listening to this on Wednesday. And Nick Malillo is still with us. Hi, Nick. Great to be here. Yeah. Wouldn't miss this for the world. Um, so we did a little thing on Clubhouse. You know what Clubhouse is? You, you know, I, I do. Yeah? yeah, I haven't used it too much, but I used it a couple times. All right, with, so, with so we go on there Thursday night. We hang out for an hour at 8 o'clock. If you're ever, ever around, you'll okay, see us cool. uh, chat, and we do only 60 minutes, and then we get off. Uh, and we never know what we're going to talk about. And last week we were uh, gearing up of what to expect, and Barry's not too high on the trade show this year of new things that are coming out that he's heard of uh, thus far. Uh, He says it seems a little weak this year. But um, what I think is going to happen is, because it's been two years away, I think we may, and remember, FDA was looming over all of us, and we didn't know what was going to happen. So I said, I think you might see the return of some old brands that maybe people like us that have been around for a long time in the cigar industry say, oh, I remember that brand, and here it is making a return. Yes. Um, what would we like to see return? Um, you know, think, think of the old stuff that was hot back in the day, and it just disappeared. Yeah. You know, what could, what could be there? And, and some of the things that I, I remember, um, Puros Indios. That was the first one I was thinking. Really? Of, of course. How hot was that? 96. Unbelievable. That was my favorite cigar. Okay. That cigar for me in 1996, Puros Indios, number two torpedo. Yes. It was ranked that year, Tom Selleck, winter edition, uh, with Opus X number, uh, number two, Monty number two. Look and at you. Puros Indios. show off. Well, you know, <laughs> you know I had to, you know, I had to try, because I smoked Opus at the time. Yeah. You know, the Monty number twos I would get from time to time, but they seem to be, always be tight sometimes. Yeah. And then Puros Indios number two, when I, I, I found them in a place in Connecticut called uh, Stur- no, uh, Heritage Village. It was a retirement community, and there was a small cigar shop. And for some reason, he was the only one that had them. Yeah. And he let you in there, even though you weren't retired yet. He let me in. I was 18. I was gra- getting ready to graduate high school, and I was the cigar guy, so I had to buy some, you know, the best cigars yeah. I knew of for high school graduation, Pudos Indios Number 2 Torpedo. And mm-hmm. there was a brand that was ahead of its time. I mean, you're talking full-bodied stuff. Remember the big ring gauges and the big sizes they had? Yeah, you had the Puros Indios Chief, which was Chief. 18 Ooh. inches by 66. 18? 
18 by 66. Was it 18 inches? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's you have to be comfortable in your manhood to smoke I, something that but size. But it came in the... Uh, uh, its own coffin or its whatever you call it. yeah. I think so, a, right? There should be a better word than coffin. Own coffin? Yes. I know. Yeah, really right? coffined. Yeah. Um, th- there was something, and for the most part... I no. love their ad, too. They had a great ad. It was just a uh, Native American headdress... Over I the remember. Wind. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, in those days, Nick, it was an Indian headdress. My bad. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're up to date. Yeah. We appreciate your wokeness. Yes. No. <laughs> you know, I hope I'm awake. I'm, I'm still sleeping myself. Yeah. Um, uh, Bahia? Oh. I mean, Bahia, yeah. Yeah, but, but it has to be the original. <laughs> correct. Because correct. it came back eventually, but it was. Yeah, a bundle cigar. Yeah, it was a shell yeah. of what it once was. Yeah. Oh, oh. Come on, but that cigar was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Bahia, Costa Rica. The Maduro was the red band. Yes. You had the, what, the orange band. Yeah. And then the... Vintage. Smelled like peach the when you opened up the box. That was... that was. Yes. If you remember, you, on the box, it, it was the first one that would say 1988 filler from this. I mean, it was very descriptive of what was in it. Because before that... You know, there wasn't years and stuff on it with, besides Dunhill. Remember, Dunhill would would actually say what years that, that was. Yeah. Didn't okay. they have the Canary Island ones, too? Yes. Asensia yeah. did that, too. And their 2009 vintage was not as good as yeah. the 08. That's what a problem And people happens. ended up going after the 08. Yeah. Think, think of the, the stuff that was so hot. And, you know, would it be retro, like, for the people who were around? And if, say Dunhill came back out. I would have to try a Dunhill. I would have to do it. You have to try it. Yeah. Yeah. And then complain about it, probably. Oh, I actually have a box of Dunhill. But the Dominicans, (laughs) blue label, it still has the white paper over the box. Remember the the boxes used to have a white, like... Were you uh, a a collector? You have old stuff? I ended up getting these from uh, Fred Russo who is a very important person in my in my life in the cigar industry. Him and his wife hired me at the Calabash in 96. Okay, and yes. last year, Fred said, I still have a bunch of inventory from the Calabash. Wow. And I said, what? I saw a picture with you and him. Yes, yeah, that's Freddie. Yeah. Freddie, yeah. So Freddie invited me over, and he had him. Uh, Freddie owns a, a roofing company who his son-in-law now runs, and he has them all in the basement, this old stash. I, w- I went crazy. Wow. So one, he gave me a box of Dunhills. Wow. Because I'm geeking out, you know, looking at all. He just he gave me an old diamond crown humidor from like 90, 96. Dunhill should have been what Davidoff is. I mean, there was Dunhill Light is. There was God. Dunhill was a big, big high-end brand. Yeah. What the, did him in? That's a great question. I wasn't around Cigarette company that that owned it said, okay, we're going to... I think there was something that said you cannot have um, the cigarette in the cigar because of advertising purposes, much like Davidoff doesn't own Davidoff cigarettes anymore. That's uh, Altadis Mm -hmm. uh, or Imperial Tobacco now uh, owns that uh, by itself and and couldn't have that, so it had to be separated. And they ended up never selling Dunhill. It just went away. (laughs) It's too valuable for the cigar industry. Think about the Dunhill Cubans. Did you ever smoke a Dunhill Cuban? I never smoked no. one. No, that's I've like seen the, them. That's the yeah. Holy Grail, man. That's didn't they just get uh, rid of their pipe tobaccos too? Didn't they switch? Uh, to my knowledge, the Dunhill pipe tobaccos Peterson ended up buying okay. out, and they they pretty much took the same blends and just switched them to Peterson because yeah. Dunhill wanted completely out. I used to smoke the Dunhill nine six five mixture. They used to come in that white clay 
um, they 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 gave especially to re, uh, retailers this white clay jar okay. to put the pipe tobacco oh, on. I don't this, remember that. Yeah, oh. that's got to be like early nineties, maybe. Yeah. yeah, basically like a chia pet. But without the grooves <laughs> for the seeds to grow, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah, you could soak it in water, retain the what moisture. If, what if we had made a chia pet that had tobacco seeds, and you grow a chia pet, and there's a, like a bust of, of Nicholas? I'd be your first customer. <laughs> yeah. With not of, I don't want the bust of me though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mexican, Mexican cigars. Tiamo was all the rage. Yeah. They still make it. Matican. Tiamo used to dominate, though, dominate, didn't they? Especially here in Boston. Yeah. I mean, it was my number one seller. Yeah, man. I remember 96 selling a lot of Tiamos. Yeah. I mean, branding was huge. All the, all the bodegas had the Tiamo right on the, mm-hmm. the, the marquee. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Right? So you There's, walk into the shop, it's a Tiamo shop, that's what you would ask for. Right. There's one on State Street in New Haven. Huge Tiamo sign. Still. Still. Oh yeah, my. it was the shop was called Squillows. I don't think they're open um, anymore, but the sign is still there. <clears throat> yeah. Wow, wow! But they had those all across the country. I'm pretty Some, sure these things were the hottest brands. Um, you know, a, a Tiamo guy would never brand switch. Tiamo was bigger than Padron. Yeah, and it's virtually gone. Yeah, well, so are the majority of their customers. Yeah, yeah. Well, Padron, well, Padron ate their lunch for sure. Well, and that's what seemed to happen because it's the same with the Connecticut brands, right? When, oh, yes. In '96, there was a ton of Connecticut yeah. brands Money that still gone. Money Grave, FD Grave. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I went to school with the grandson, Steve oh, really? Grave. Yeah, that's how I. Steve was an avid outdoorsman, and we lived about a mile from each other, and there was wood separating us. So he always used to get, there used to be one money FD grave in a glass tube, no band. It used to come in a stand-up uh, wood Display, box, yeah. and it opened like this. And anyway, all these brands, you know, Top Stone, yes. but they never, no one really adopted to the changing market. Yes, You know, it was right. like the 93 hit, Cigar yep. Fishing Out, all that, and nobody changed their packaging, kind of looked for new customers. So all those guys, yeah, eventually. Uh, that, that customer went off it because I carried mm-hmm. that stuff in the 80s. I opened in 85. So we had those things on the shelf, and then the boom happens, and those things were pushed aside. And yeah. they, they were good cigars. Oh. Um, Henry Clay. Henry Clay, regular Henry, Henry Clay. Clay. And I and I know um, that Altadas tried a few different things that were on it, but the magic of Henry Clay was Broadleaf. Broadleaf. Yeah. I used to, they, they must have been 250 a stick when yeah. I was smoking them. They used to come all mashed together in yeah. the box, yeah. and they were not uniform in shape no. by any means. Each but one was unique. Unique. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of like the toppers right now. He, yeah, Chris is yeah. Do, does yeah. a great I mean, job. He's still around, but... You know, if you look at our listeners, we included it in the care package once, and everybody, you know, complained about what the cigar looked like. But when they lit it up, yeah, boxes upon boxes, we were moving. Yeah, for me, that you know, as a cigar maker, appearance is important, but only to an extent for me. And personally, when I smoke cigars, because I used to smoke the Connecticut cigars when I was working the shop, and the ladies I worked for would be, "What are you doing smoking that?" It can smoke Tastes really good. well, especially if that broadleaf's oily. There's yeah. a lot of life to it. So that's, it. to me, the flavor and the blend. And, of course, the construction is important. But if there's, you know, there, especially broadleaf. Broadleaf's not It's not typically, pretty. It's not a wrapper-style plant. 
right. you know, if it you just look at binder, it. It should be a binder, right? It should be a binder. It's a binder-style plant. If yes. you look at it, it's short, it's stocky, the leaves are – it's mm-hmm. more like a filler-style plant if you looked at fillers in, like, Nicaragua. Um, so it's a heavier, the vein structure. So it, it's by its nature – it's thicker, veinier, and not as pretty to look at with compared you, to a lot of rappers. With you being big in your Connecticut heritage, I mean, we smoked the Charter Oak on the show on Saturday. Yeah. Have you ever thought about grabbing some of those old names and then coming out with cigars and bringing back that history of Connecticut? That's what Charter Oak is for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have thought about it. You know, I, I talked to F.T. Grave at one point. They just um, – they just – kind of went down with the ship um so i've thought about it but for me it was creating charter oak as sort of a homage to all of those brands but yeah okay you never know there never might know, be right? uh there might be talks we're, happening we're, behind yeah the we're, you know we're smoking something right now that nick isn't ready to disclose what it is or when it's coming out maybe this will have one of those names on it there we go you never know okay ed we got this segment it's time for the Strength and Character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars, the icon of uncompromised values. And there are six pillars of character. Trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. And we're on fairness right now. And uh, we're looking at... Um, at um, I guess to know if he is, uh, this is part of his life of um, strength and character. Would, what would you say about yourself when it comes to doesn't take advantage of others? Doesn't take advantage of others. What Wait, what are we doing right now? <laughs> so this is strength and character, and we and we look at ourselves. Okay. Uh, A little self-reflection, you. if you will. I can see myself in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's and creepy. So do you take advantage of others or do you, or do you hold others in too high a regard to do that? I do. I, I live by the golden rule. This is going to be cheesy, but it's, it's definitely what do I've lived by. Do you want, yeah, yeah. It, because it's, it's, I, I see it as a universal law that, you know, what you put out, you do get back. Um, so I try not to this take is advantage. In, this yeah. is interesting because, you know, going through the cigar industry, we have all different kinds of different people that are in there. And as I go through each one of them, and I'm like, wow, that would have been a good one for <laughs> a previous week or something like that, uh, depending on who, who we ended up having without, without uh, saying any names. But, Barry, don't take advantage of others? No, I've, um, right now I'm really big into karma. Yeah, you oh, get really? back. You get back what you put out. Yes, yeah, the same. So yeah. being fair is important in life. Yeah, yeah, Mister J. I uh, I live my life by the platinum rule, <laughs> which is better than gold. Do unto is. others as they would have you do unto them. Right. <laughs> That's you, a good one, huh? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's fairness and fairness. Is- uh, you digging that one? Yeah, it's Here's all a shovel. Yeah, sure. I'm in favor. Oh, I don't know. I no, don't I can. T- you know what? I can speak one. to Ed <laughs> Sullivan. I can speak. I can speak to Ed Sullivan's uh, fairness on this in a couple of ways. Number one, uh, he and I used to. I would cook lunch for him every day, and I didn't ask for anything in return. And once a month, he would give me a gift card 
to Market Basket because that's where I was shopping. So he always plays Ab- fair. Absolutely. He's over there pretending like he's a dick, but he's not. No, I he's know. He's actually a, a good, decent human being. He is. I don't want that to get out. Well, yeah, right. Too late. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. It's true. Can you think of any brands, old brands, you'd like to see come back? You've been around Ed Sullivan for a long time. Old stuff. Come on. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice if that one came back? Well, can I go so far as to say I wish the original La Gloria Cubana would Ooh. come back? Because <laughs> I smoked a lot of those. Well, that's the point. Listen, yeah. I, I'd yeah. even go as far as say Macanudo. Because I was big into, yeah. into the old Macanudo. Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Macanudo, Jamaica, I'd love to see come back if it could be what it was. Yeah. What about uh, Chateau Real? Just to throw a little bone to Ooh, a company you used Chateau to work Real. for. Chateau Real. I love great it. Great cigar. That was a great I, smoke. I heard that we were the biggest seller of Chateau Real. I wouldn't doubt and, it. And when I was so angry when they were dumping it, that's because you sell a lot of it, but nobody else does. I don't, I don't understand the, the failure of that. I don't know about the I may the, the chateau. I don't know. Maybe the name Chateau Ria. Yeah. I don't know. I because when I think chateau, I automatically Fuente. think Fuente. Yeah. So it's And then the size is matched up with, with Macanudo, Lord, you right. this. The packaging is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was super clean. That was the, the second full size. box of cigars I ever bought, and I wish I still had one. It's there was a great I wish cigar. I, I might have a few. But they started focusing on stronger cigars with the Liga line and all that. So their their customer base wasn't into that mild cigar. And, uh, I started seeing them <clears throat> dump it off in the online guys, and everybody's starting to sell it cheap. And I'm like, what are they doing with this? Oh, my God, don't do this. <laughs> uh, because it was better than cigars that cost a lot more. Mm-hmm. Of uh, Connecticut shade, milder cigars, a solid blend. Yeah, it was and the Maduro was solid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get what they did. And um, I would listen if FDA went as bad as it looked like it was going to go. These things were all going to come back. Oh, yeah. I think at the trade show, I think I'm going to see some of them because I think that was the plan. Right. And two years ago, they're working hard on that plan, and I think we're going to end up seeing some retro stuff make a comeback. What about Juan Clemente? Uh, <laughs> Where's Juan Clemente? He, he died, and that was the he end of did. that. Yeah. He did, yeah. He died at the trade show. I heard that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I saw him that morning, and then that's uh, legendary. I was with um, Hochi Blanco, who flew down with him. We had dinner, and he got a phone call from his sister that he was in the hotel room, and they think something happened. And he got up and excused himself from dinner, and it turned out that he died. So Hochi had to fly man. home alone then. He flew with him on the bottom of the plane. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What year was this? That was like 10 years ago. Oh, it was? Yeah. But that's... And then there would talk about that somebody was going to buy it from the sister, and she was trying to sell the brand out. You know, I looked in, in some old cigar aficionados, and that was like the lowest rated cigar that they ever rated. Were huh. they the originators of the foot band? That yes. was early yes. on, yeah. Yes, he was the original. They all got to pay tribute to Juan Clemente. <laughs> yeah. I went and saw his operation, a little teeny operation. Dude, the PCA needs a plaque or something. Like his, <laughs> He should be hanging up in the office. Right. That, that guy made the ultimate one. commitment. Clemente. He oh. died on August 12, 2010. August 12, okay. 2010. Mm. After uh, show. After uh, show. How much stock do you put into ratings, Nicholas? Do you that's give a, a that's shit? That's a great question. <laughs> Listen, personally, it, it, it's so subjective. Like everybody's enjoying you know, their own experience. So, and, you know, they're all other human beings that have palates. So they're so subjective in that, 
you know, of course, do you want your stuff, you know, something you create to get a good rating? Yeah. I mean, you do, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't just try something just because of their rating. And some of the highest, some of the lowest rated stuff is the biggest sellers of all. So yeah. it doesn't match up that says this is going to do it. Yeah, but. I mean, I could see that happening if you're building a relationship, right, with, with the ratings. You follow it, you know, like people with your podcast yeah. and your ratings, right? They, they trust your judgment and your palate. But that's also what you're doing in the store, right? You're, you, you're getting familiar with your customers, learning what – because you want to get the right product to them. Right. Because you want them to have the most yeah, enjoyment. I, I wait on some customers that I know every cigar I hate they're going to love. Because our palates are completely the opposite of each other. That's a, yeah, because you're not trying to give people just what you like. Correct. You're trying to find what they're going to enjoy, and that's a huge responsibility of the tobacconist, yeah. which I think can contribute to people getting into cigars or not getting into yeah. cigars. Because well, you get one and done, bad yeah. experience, and well, yeah, I, I hate cigars. If you get them, the, you know, right. if you get them a wrong blend, then but some people I've seen some people that are newer to smoking that can. And do like a heavy mm-hmm. bodied cigar, yes. which you wouldn't think they no. would. And but you know, yeah. most people tend to go on the milder side because yeah. if you're not used to tobacco, I mean it's it's a powerful plant. So sure. Sure. Uh, all right, that's the after show. And uh what do we have? Uh next week. Uh what do we got coming up next week? We have um Twelve ways to spot a fake Cuban. Ah, yeah, we're going to talk nice. fake Cubans next week. Yes, and uh, tell you how, it's it must have happened to you, right? You, you went on vacation somewhere and got a fake Cuban. Oh, you see him all over the place. And people yeah. handed you fake Cubans. Oh, yeah, so all the time. There's ways to, to detect that, and uh, you'll, you'll know it at the end of that show. So until next week, uh, thanks everybody. We'll see you on Saturday. Stick the lid in, in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast